Hey guys, Trey Copeland here. Yeah, that tall guy that plays a bit of cricket. You're listening to Moving the Chain. Yo, what's up guys? It's Chad Townsend from Talk of the Town. Hey sports fans, Nick Davis here and you're listening to Moving the Chain. Welcome to <laughs> season finale uh, for 2021 and uh, joining us as usual, Chad Jansen, Trent Copeland and Nick Davis, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady uh, wins Super Bowl 55, 31 points to nine over the Kansas City Chiefs. Boys, where do we where do we unpack? Because there was so much hype around Baby Goat versus the Goat, who was going to win, how they all played. Let's get into it in our final episode for our first season of Moving the Chains, and of course, you'll be with us. Of course, not the boys on the show, but we've got the team all year. I'm sure they'll be coming out every season on Moving the Chains. If you haven't got the boys on the show, you or your girlfriend needs to be responsible. Chad Townsend. Good evening, Sally. No, I couldn't actually. I um, I was pretty shocked. Uh, firstly, at the scoreline, not at the result. I was someone who was on the Bucks. I tipped the Bucks early. I picked Tom Brady. Um, you know, you don't back against the goat. I think. Um, you know, what a season by the Bucks, especially by some of their playmakers throughout the year. Uh, and they came up big in the Super Bowl. Guys who weren't on their roster at the start of the year, outcasts, you might add, uh, guys who were waived from other teams, come in, make big plays, win a Super Bowl. Mate, I thought it was, a, it was an awesome spectacle. Dickie, it was, I mean, we were sitting in Miranda Hotel, a fantastic uh, day there in their new sports lounge on the big TVs and everything like that. The beers were flowing. But we were just in shock because we expected so much from this game. We weren't sure how... Tom Brady and the, and the Buccaneers were actually going to beat this high-powered, high-octane offense, but it was the total offense <coughs> for the Bucs. Absolutely dominated the Chiefs from the outset, and there was that one play. When they stopped the Buccaneers, fourth and one on the goal, that stand, and it felt like the Kansas City Chiefs were going to go on with it, but they just didn't fire a bullet. No, they didn't. Everyone was waiting for that uh, that turnaround for, for Patrick Mahomes to just sort of light up the, light up the game, but it's that, that old adage, and I said, you hear it a lot in sport, that offense wins games and defense wins the championship. And it was the, the defense, the defensive line. Look, for the, you know, your, your layman, your, your person and the people that we picked on, the importance of specific positions. The John Mahomes was huge and he couldn't handle it. Uh, Copes, Patrick Mahomes, he, I thought he made some good plays. If you go back and look at that throw that Tyreek Hill drops, he, he didn't get much help. I know he had two of his starting tackles out, which probably would have affected the way that they protected him. And they made him run the footy. They weren't going to be beaten by Tyreek Hill in that deep threat. They were going to just... You know, Kelsey was nothing throughout the game. I don't even know how many catches he had. But were you surprised that Patrick Mahomes wasn't able to figure it out or was he let down by his receivers? Oh, look, I'd say a bit of both. Um, but honestly, the defensive line for the Bucks was just exceptional. Devin White, in my opinion, I think Devin White had a bigger impact on the game 
than Tom Brady did. And oh, look, I say that with the utmost respect to the GOAT. I think Tom Brady would have been serviceable, had a good game, regardless of what their defense did. Pat Mahomes has torched every team he's played against since he's come into the league, including in big games. So I think Devin White and his crew, uh, they just shut them out. They gave, admittedly, a, a different offensive line, particularly those two tackles protecting Pat Mahomes. Just an absolute torturous afternoon. And it, it showed, didn't it? Pat Mahomes was scrambling around running for his life the entire game. So, uh, look, I think that was maybe the biggest story rather than, uh, you know, necessarily the penalties they gave away. Steve Spagnuolo would have been filthy with all of that. Um, but even just Pat Mahomes' play itself, it just seemed like those schemes, Bruce Arians and Tom Brady worked out during the week. It just is wizardry that Brady can keep doing what he's doing. so many times that's actually his biggest Super Bowl win I think the largest margin was like 10 points and that was when he beat the Rams 13-3 so he actually just looked in control the whole game we saw him go after the honey badger it was just a vintage Tom Brady performance and for the people that probably didn't support them or didn't back them on top sport why do we keep doubting this guy he's so good yeah, look, he, he is good, Sally, and that's why, uh, you know, that's why I found it hard to, to tip against him. I know, like, the Chiefs, like uh, Copes just said, have been torching people all year, but but Tom Brady's been to 10 Super Bowls. Now, there's only been 50-odd Super Bowls. It's something like 18%. I mean, Tom, Tom Brady's more chance of winning a Super Bowl than Steph Curry is of hitting a three. Like... Um, the man's incredible. He know he knows how to win a Super Bowl. He knows how to how to get there. And I think, you know, it was evident by seeing he how he was post game. You know how he was in the sheds. It was just like him winning just another normal football game, like he's used to it. And and his Bucks teammates are obviously you know soaking it up and, and, and making the most of the situation. But but for Tom, it's all business, mate. He, he comes through again, and um, you know the goat the goat delivers. <laughs> Bill, uh, his wife make her way up to the field which is a sight to be seen uh, she's a very very lucky lady and as is he uh, a very lucky man uh, Nick Davis next year he said they're going to run it back the, the, the Buccaneers with Tom Brady and that receiving core are, are they going to get back to another one or are we just uh, are we in fantasy land right now can we count him out next year uh, no way you can't count him out but look I don't think Leonard Fournette didn't become an infinitely better player when he turned, when he left the Jags and went to the Bucks. Antonio Brown did not become an infinitely better player when he left. He just makes them better a better team and better people, uh, and they'll be able to do that again. Uh, look, they they put together a roster. Um, Gronk, who knows when he's going to stop partying and, and turn up? But um, look, I, and I was one that doubted him and doubted uh, the, the team that they put together, but. Uh, look, they'll be up there again. Uh, look, the Chiefs will go away. They'll um, they'll lick their wounds. They'll come back, and look, you can't write off. And ever this was not Patrick Mahomes' fault. There was no way this is not his fault. It's not on him at all. They'll come back, and, and they'll be bigger and better again. The Chiefs, but yeah, the Bucks can. Uh, they'll be around again. Yeah, we'll get to the Chiefs in just a second. Just to wrap up the Bucks in that uh, thirty-one to nine win yesterday, Copes. What to now? Because, you know, Rob Gronkowski, that receiving call was outstanding yesterday. 
he catches uh, two TDs. He's the only uh, other player is Jerry Rice to have multiple uh, scores in multiple games in, in, in Super Bowls. Is this, I mean, you, you guys, when throughout the year did you think, right, oh, Tom Brady's done, the Bucks are done? And then during the game, when did you think, holy shit, because you tipped the Chiefs in a blowout. I did. When did you see, like, Mahomes is going to struggle all night because he was pressured 29 times. I think 29 times he was pressured. And it felt like, I said to Dickie at the, the Mariner Hotel, it felt like he was just running backwards. You know, he, he never, ever felt like it was the Patrick Mahomes that we'd seen slicing and dicing and getting it through and, and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, the Bucks they were, they were fantastic. Yeah, I agree. And it was the, the pressure that he was under the whole time. It was midway through the second quarter when they just... They'd had a couple of times where their defense actually shut Brady out. Um, particularly one of them was, which is a huge play. I thought the Bucks were going to steamroll into the end zone uh, and go up by, I think it was double digits at the time. Um, they then got the ball back in good field position and Pat Mahomes normally just eats those scenarios up. And regular season, postseason, I don't care. Um, when they didn't and they couldn't close on those and it was Harrison Butker putting up points rather than Pat Mahomes, in the second quarter, going deep into that second half, when they were down, he still couldn't find Tyreek Hill. That's when I thought to myself, man, this this defensive scheme that they're running and the pressure they're putting on Pat Mahomes, they're just not going to be able to turn around. And I think Tony Romo made a great call uh, when they were 7-5 and five at Thanksgiving. He said, this team is going to be here. These two teams are going to be here in the Super Bowl. He called it, as he does. He's a guru. Um, but He's a guy who can speak from experience, knowing that with a COVID off-season, no time to gel in pre-season, new pieces on offense everywhere, Brady used the first 10 games of the season to figure things out. What's going to work when it comes to the crunch? And that's really what showed. Pat Mahomes had been doing it all season, but Brady was figuring it out on the go, and it showed in the biggest game of all year. to the New Orleans Saints throughout the year. You beat them in a playoff game. You lost to the Chiefs when you gave up 200 yards to Tyreek Hill in the first quarter. You come back, you make those changes. Let's talk about the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, Chad Townsend. Patrick Mahomes has only lost twice uh, in the playoffs. Both times has been to Tom Brady. Where to now for Patrick Mahomes? Because going into yesterday, I actually thought, you know what, I've tipped bucks all week and I tweeted out, Patrick Mahomes, this isn't his first Super Bowl. This kid's won before. He's so good. Where does this set him back now? Are they going to just run it back next year and, and assume that they get to another Super Bowl? <clears throat> yeah, look, I agree with uh, a lot of what Dickie said before, actually. I, I feel like this Chiefs team, they're just too talented to go away, and I think they'll be there or thereabouts next season. Look, Mahomes, while he'll obviously be disappointed with the loss yesterday, I, I agree in the fact that I don't think it was his fault. He was scrambling around everywhere. And I think losing those two linemen, starting linemen who he's had most of the season would be a, a massive disruption, especially you know, playing in the, in the biggest game of the year. But I think the biggest thing that the Chiefs were just terrible at yesterday was their discipline. The amount of penalties they gave away and the amount of easy yardage they gave uh, to the Bucs was terrible. And, it, and it, you know, it lost them the game. They're ill-disciplined, you know, and we saw it evidently when, you know, the honey badger was getting into Tom Brady's face and... and and the goat sort of bit back a bit there. But, you know, it was just uh, ill-discipline, which, which cost them the game in the end, I thought. 
hope you didn't ask me a question then. <laughs> well, we can just take over the show. What did he say? You can just take over. You can take it over, Dickie. Let's just guess what Sowie said. <laughs> we just Let's lost Sowie there. We just lost Sowie there. He's just dropped out. We can't hear you. Oh, now I got you. A little bit. Whisper. Like faintly. Over this shit. There you go. Oh, now you're back. Super loud. You there? Hello. Yeah, you're good. Go. Yeah, continue. Good. I literally have not touched my computer. Yeah, you're good. You're sweet. You're good. Hello? Yeah, you, yeah. you're good. Put yeah, your I can't hear you though. Oh. <laughs> Put your headset back on. This is awesome. I love it. <laughs> Hello? We can hear you. Yeah, I can okay. hear you now. I can hear you now. Oh, uh, fucking know what's going on. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you edit this. <laughs> uh, leave it. I am who I am. Um, oh, well, so I'm saying is when Tyreek Hill drops that ball, it felt like it snowballed after that, and they couldn't. he couldn't really throw anyone open, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, is that – I mean, do they need to make some more changes there? Do they need to make some personnel? Because Tyreek Hill – and Travis Kelsey, fantastic for two seasons. I get the feeling like with the big contract now at Mahomes, they can't keep everyone. They've got defensive issues there as well. Is this going to be maybe a, a flash in the pan or are they going to win another one? Nah, look, I, they need to uh, to make some moves probably on the defensive side of the, of the ball. Um, and, and yeah, you're paying a dude half a billion dollars. Um, there's, there's, a bit, there's a cap squeeze in there somewhere. Look, I thought... And... I, and Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I thought in he, when he was given the opportunity yesterday, he, he, would really, he showed that he could make some yards. Uh, that could have been a way to take some pressure off Mahomes. But because they got so far behind, uh, they, were able to, they weren't able to really give him the amount of touches that he would. So you've got a, a, a starting running back on, on a rookie, on a rookie um, four-year deal. So that eases the pressure a little bit. Uh, Travis Kels, um, you know, is up there. There's a little bit of room there at wide receiver. I think they can add um, someone else there that can take a little bit of pressure and, and help move the chains. He makes big plays, this guy, but they just need to be a little bit more consistent offensively. Copes, last year they came from behind three times to win the Super Bowl, and we hadn't seen anything like it. I mean, that performance against the Texans, and, and we were raving about how exciting that was. They didn't make any changes at half time. They felt like they were outcoached to a certain point of this Super Bowl by a guy who nearly lost his job halfway through the year because it was Tom Brady's team and they weren't sure how to figure it all out. How much of the blame is on the Kansas City you know, coaching staff about not being able to work out Todd Bowles' defence? Well, it's been interesting to watch Todd Bowles since that say that, you know what, everyone wants to peel back the curtain on this exotic defensive scheme that we came up with on how did we dismantle the Chiefs you know what, we didn't have one. We played two deep safeties. We made sure our best linebackers and cover players were on Travis Kelsey. And we rushed the pass. It's just really simplistic coaching that everyone bought into. And there's a lot to be said about that, I think, in the NFL. So, look, I think largely to answer your question, 
Sammy Watkins is the big problem here. He restructured what was already a massive deal to be a somewhat team-friendly deal, and he's just injured all the time, didn't deliver in the big moments. When Tyreek and Travis Kelsey are shut down, Mikael Hardman, Demarcus Robinson, two guys that are on team-friendly deals, I think you're going to see Sammy Watkins waived and at least restructured. And then, like Dickie was saying, they're going to need to bring in a guy who's a possession receiver that can open the door when Travis Kelsey is shut down underneath. So, look, Mahomes will find you, Sally, running downfield if you if you can work. That's, a big, that's a big target. That's a huge target, anywhere, actually. <laughs> big target. Okay, fair enough. Wish my computer dropped out again. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, I think they don't need to overcomplicate it. They've yeah. already got a winning formula. Yeah. The worst thing they can possibly do is go looking too deep into yeah. something that is a winning formula. So exactly. you start sacking everyone and then you've created more problems than we're actually there. Yeah, okay. so everyone in there and everyone in the locker room starts going, oh, geez, am I really that bad? Look, they lost the Super Bowl. That's yeah. not ideal, but no need to throw the baby out with the bathwater here. They just need to tinker a few things uh, and they'll be back. Yeah, I, I, I kind of see the other side of it here, boys. 31 to 9. You know, you built your game on offense. You came in with the young guy, the goat talk, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think there needs to be some massive changes. I like what uh, Cope said about Watkins. Their defense just didn't seem like the type of game. And in big games, we've always heard all the analysts say that defense, you know, travels, or in this case was at home, first time in 55 years, a home team has played in the Super Bowl. And Tom Brady just dismantled that Chiefs defense quite easily. And as Cope said, Todd Bowles, they just play hard-nosed defense. And maybe some of these guys are still great but maybe they're not as good as, as what we thought they were throughout the regular season uh, after what we saw yesterday. I thought they absolutely give it to them. Uh, Top Sport are the major sponsor of the Moving the Chains podcast, boys. And now it is time to look to next season already, Chad. Uh, we've got our draft a special coming up a little bit later in the year, but let's get stuck into it already. The, the odds are out on Top Sport for the NFL futures for next year. The Kansas City Chiefs are the favourite at $6. The Packers at $9. The Bucks at $9. Buffalo Bills and Ravens are in that top five, twelve and thirteen dollars respectively. Uh, for your team, Copes, and I know you want to talk about your team, fifteen dollars for the 49ers, the Browns, seventeen dollars, the Saints, nineteen dollars, and the Las Vegas Raiders. Let me scroll. Let me scroll. <laughs> scroll right down there. Let me scroll. Yeah. Fifty-one dollars for the team that wears all black. Uh, but is it going to be that simple for them, Chad, next year for the Kansas City Chiefs? Is it going to be that simple for the Bucks? You know, it's still a tough division that they're in. Uh, are they? Are we going to see these two teams back next year? Yeah, look, uh, uh, you know, they'll definitely be there or thereabouts. I think, you know, as we spoke about, it's hard to bet against the GOAT. And I think it, there's still obviously so much to happen between now and next season. Obviously, you know, a lot of free agents, signings, uh, a lot of players getting waived, a lot of rosters you know, being organised and then, a lot of teams who made some big strides this year are potentially making more strides next year and getting even better. So, um, you know, I've got no doubt it's going to be obviously, hopefully a non-COVID season for the NFL, which would be great mm-hmm. and obviously make a lot of difference for, for teams like Seattle who have big crowds. Um, but, you know, it remains to be seen. I'm looking forward to another big stride for us Browns. That's That's for sure. Yeah, we'll come back to you. We're going to get our early pre-season, pre-2021 Super Bowl uh, matchup. So I'll come back to you in a second, Chad. But Dickie, don't forget, 
a team like the Patriots who lost their, you know, the bulk of their defence. There's going to be players off back in for the for the season next year if COVID's uh, all sorted out over there. There could be some teams that made big steps that go back a little bit. One team I'm looking forward to watching is the Buffalo Bills and how they get over the hump potentially in that AFC next year. Yeah, they made huge strides, uh, the Buffalo Bills, uh, this season. Uh, Copes is already smiling. I'm pretty sure he's going to have them up there in his. But look, there's he, Copes' side, the, the 49ers. There's a huge, huge piece of the puzzle sitting out there that, that was number four for the Texans. And wherever he lands, he will attract players and he will attract a lot of support in the, in the market. So if he goes to the Patriots and their defense ops and comes back in, they're going to be a, a, a force. And poor old Bill Belichick sitting in there. He didn't get an invite to the party this year at the <laughs> Super Bowl. He's going to want to be making some moves. So there's free agency. You saw what free agency did. Free agency won the Bucks the Super Bowl this year. So you're going to see teams out there um, trying to piece together uh, a championship roster and understanding that the window is wide open. Yeah, the window is wide open, especially for the 49ers. Yeah, you mentioned on this podcast many times, Copes, how unlucky they were with injuries. There's still a huge question over the quarterback, though. Some quarterback news today for 49ers fans. <laughs> yeah, just when I thought we could escape <laughs> the Super Bowl time. Looking forward to the draft. We've got actually a pretty good pick uh, compared to our roster, which is quite strong on paper. Um, Josh Rosen signed by the 49ers today. Huge signing. Uh, former top 10 yeah, draft pick. Go and get yourself a jersey. Yeah, honestly. Um, oh, look at okay, Derek Carr. It's a hey. great point you make there, Dickie, about um, Deshaun Watson. I think he, wherever he lands, and if it's the 49ers, I'd be absolutely ecstatic. And I think we'd be catapulted back up into that Super Bowl conversation. The two teams I want to talk about that I'm pretty amazed aren't higher on this list. Los Angeles Rams, after they made that trade for Matt Stafford, I think they become an elite team. They were already right in the mix on the back of their defense. Matt Stafford is so underrated, in my opinion. All it is is health. If he stays healthy, I think the Rams go deep. They make it to the Super Bowl next year. The other one is the Indianapolis Colts. Replacing Phil Rivers, who they do that with, to me, is going to tell me if they're going to be a Super Bowl team or if they're going to go back into what is that sort of end of the playoffs, you know, wild card type of team that they've been for so long. So uh, I think if they land their right guy, they could be up there with the Rams in that next pack. Chad, who's, who's the best quarterback that is available to get? And I say available to get, obviously Aaron Rodgers, there's rumours and stuff like that. But I'm talking like Carson Wentz. If he goes to the Indianapolis Colts next year, I'll run last. Does, that, does that make them a Super Bowl team like coach is saying or do they need a Deshaun Watson like where is the best quarterback available best fit to take a team straight to the top coach has already said Matt Stafford and the Los Angeles Rams who do you think is the best fit to a team who have the assets to get that person as well yeah look I think it's without a doubt Deshaun Watson I think there's a team out there that has that will express interest to get Deshaun Watson who will be a franchise player you get Deshaun Watson straight out of Houston when and he's 
let's be honest, he's not going to do anything in Houston over the next five years. Their team stinks. Um, and if he gets out of Houston, you get straight into a team like Copes's 49ers. They're, like he, like Copes just said, they're instantly Super Bowl contenders straight away with already, um, you know, a defense like they have to add a weapon like Deshaun Watson, who, you know, we all know what, he, what he's capable of. And if he finds a team that, that suits him and is willing to put their neck out for him, you know, I've got no doubt he's going to repay them in a big way. He's a, he's a seriously good player, man. This dude, he was 25-0 in front of Patrick Mahomes in a playoff game and they caught a fake punt and ruined his life. <laughs> was that Bill O'Brien? That Bill O'Brien. Oh. And and they traded his best receiver. And they traded his best receiver in the washing machine. This guy <laughs> is elite, elite. And there would be only one dude if he swaps number four with my number four. That'd be all right. Hey boys, what only do you dude. About just this is one that may not happen, but I've heard it bandied about. What about Matt Ryan? If Matt Ryan lands in Indy, they're a team that undoubtedly are moving towards a rebuild. They've got Julio Jones who'd be absolutely filthy if they do this whilst he, he is under contract. But to me, I think Matt Ryan would be the kind of guy that could take a team. He's already been to Super Bowls. If he walks into that Colts roster as it is right now and they don't have to give up too much to get in, I think they go real close to getting to the Super Bowl. Hey, hey Copes, just on that, if they were to get that, you're talking about a team that plays in in a dome. Matt Stafford's played in a dome his whole career. Now goes over to the West Coast. He's not going to be playing in a dome. Is that going to affect what how their chances are? Like, does that concern you if you're a Rams follower? It probably does. But, I mean, throw hand in hand with that, that Stafford is one of the most accurate deep ball passes. And that's probably got a little bit to do with the dome and, you know, the no wind factor, less snow to deal with later in the season, those sort of things. But, I mean, you've still got to be accurate. There's a lot of quarterbacks that play in domes that don't get close to Stafford's accuracy So and arm strength. So, look, I, it's one of those things where it might be a low-end tiebreaker, but for me, it's not the difference maker when it comes to elite quarterbacks. So, I don't think he's in the top five mix of the best players in the league, but... Matt Ryan, Matt Stafford, they're two guys that they walk into your franchise, you start winning games of football. Boys, I'd like to ask you a question. Just yeah. quickly. Does Marcus Mariota ride the bench another year at the Raiders? Is he still playing? That's what I mean. <laughs> well, I think Derek Carr, the answer is Derek Carr played well enough that they don't need him. So if they yeah. can get rid of him for anything or if they can waive him without too much salary cap hurt, then they'll do that. They'll find someone else. Agree. 49ers are signing uh, quarterbacks left, right, and centre. Marcus Mariota, he's, uh, he might be there with Josh Rosen competing against Jimmy G. Uh, all right, uh, this year, of course, Top Sport gave us $50 each uh, for the boys to try and win some cash for charity. We raised over $2,600. Uh, so keep an eye out on our socials uh, and moving the chains on Twitter and Instagram. We'll come up with a, a charity that we're going to donate that to. Uh, but keep an eye out for our draft special as well. Ahead of the draft, we're going to be breaking down who's, who should go where, what teams need what, and hopefully uh, your team that you follow turns into a competitor. All right, Chad, who is going to be in the Super Bowl next year before we wrap things up for our first season of At Moving the Chains? Yeah, look, I... I don't want to... I can't say the brand. I'll leave the brands out of it, all right? We, is this like, can I, you can't pick your own team? Like, all right? You can pick whoever you like, mate. It's all, all on right. tape. All right, well, I'm picking the Browns. I'm picking Browns versus... 
Browns versus the Bucks. Browns, Bucks. Okay. Dickie? I've got no idea. And that hasn't stopped me from saying anything before, but I'll, I'll, go. I'll go. I will go the Green Bay Packers and the Baltimore Ravens. Interesting. You got anything yet, Dickie, or will I go? I've got no idea. No, you go. <laughs> Righto. Well, as I said before, I think the Rams are going to be in the mix. So I, I'm going to say. The Rams will be there. I think the other team that will be there uh, on the back of a, an enormous season this year is the Buffalo Bills. So I'm going to say Bills, Bills, Rams next year for me. Nick. He's picking the Raiders. He's frozen. He's doing the fake freeze. <laughs> And I'm going to... Lucky we didn't hear that. Uh, hey, what? Hang I'm on. just picking you up there. Saying the Raiders Have you got me? Make it. Yeah. <laughs> Have you got me back? Yeah. Was it Raiders? No, yeah, the Raiders, no. I said, I'm going to bank on Copes' team. Getting these the 49ers, for those people still there with us, 49ers. And it's going to be the Niners and the Chiefs. And the Niners, Chiefs. Chiefs. There you go. So we we'll have to revisit <laughs> the that. There we go. Uh, there we go. So that's been the first season of Moving the Chains. If there's any big trades or anything like that that happened, keep an eye out on our socials. I'm sure uh, the boys will log in and we'll break it all down ahead of what's going to be a fantastic season. Thank you for all your support. Thank you to Top Sport, Tristan and Top Sport. Amazing offer. Amazing job this year to jump on board. Four blokes that just... Act like they know what they're talking about. Really, there's only one. It's Copes. Uh, he carries his show. Uh, Mr. Touchscreen himself. Uh, he is the glue uh, that is moving the chains. So we appreciate your support. Have a good one. Stay safe. And we'll see you next year.